Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Coming to you live Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 Eastern Time, only on Red Stake Talk Radio. Today is February 7th, 2020. It's Friday. Not only is it Friday, but what it reminded me today, of all days, is that it's morning in America. You know, there was an ad that Reagan had put out that I think is very important to listen to. That is exactly how many of us felt after the victory lap of President Trump when he spoke about the witch hunt, when he spoke about this usurpation of our government, this coup that is ongoing, this grab for power. So I'm going to play that for you now. It's morning again in America. Today, more men and women will go to work than ever before in our country's history. With interest rates at about half the record highs of 1980, nearly 2,000 families today will buy new homes, more than at any time in the past four years. This afternoon, 6,500 young men and women will be married. And with inflation at less than half of what it was just four years ago, they can look forward with confidence to the future. It's morning again in America. And under the leadership of President Reagan, our country is prouder and stronger and better. Why would we ever want to return to where we were less than four short years ago? Honestly, you would think that that advertisement was written for the presidency of President Donald J. Trump because we do have more people at work. We have less people on food stamps. We do have people buying properties again. We have people wanting to expand and the future is looking brighter. Americans today are prouder to be American than they have been ever Americans today are prouder, they're happier, they have a better feeling about the future, people are getting jobs, there's less people on food stamps, we feel protected that we have a leader in the highest seat of the land that we know will make sure we are safe. That is is what it's all about. That is what being a good president is all about, especially in this age, in a time where evil is running rampant, where they will ride a target until the target breaks like nobody's business. And no one better to say that than Roseanne Barr. And this is referring to not only our political candidates or our house or senate or our president that are ridden by the media like nobody's business but it's all about you too how dare you be vocal to promote america how dare you be vocal to promote unity 
How dare you be vocal to promote prosperity only for your nation first? Anything you say that promotes an America first agenda is scrutinized. Oh, you know, you even mentioned Q. That's another one. People are getting fired left and right. People getting attacked left and right. Bickering, nastiness. And then people are like, well, well, what? You're allowing evil to grow. You're festering in it. And God knows I got the biggest smack of my life in December. And it has been the hardest thing ever. Just trying to keep it together. Just saying. But that's what they do. They ride you. You know, the president had a call. And this is like a strategy that really evil people do. They manipulate everything. So he could have said something like, I would kill for a blackout cheesecake. I don't know if you guys have ever had one of those, but they're actually really, really good. Um, And I think the Milk Bar in New York does a really good job as a deconstructed blackout cake that reminds me of cheesecake because it's so... I don't know. It's just really good. Anyway, so let's pretend that's the phrase that the president says. I would kill for a slice of blackout cheesecake, people. Okay, or... wait. I mean, yeah, I would kill for a slice of a blackout cheesecake, people. Totally. That's the phrase. And then the media comes in or, you know, the sock puppets of the left or those that are pretending to be conservatives, but they're not. And they pull out the words, I kill black people. And they put it out there. Oh, my gosh, he said that. But wait a minute. You took that completely out of context. You just plucked words. I mean, nope, those were his words. Yeah, but what about the other words in the middle? What about the other stuff in the middle? Nope, nope, nope. Look right there. And then everyone dogpiles. See, I see this and I see it. I see it even in the right movement, how people dogpile. That's not the way real good people act. They don't dogpile. They don't just sit there and harass. But you know what? This was already said ages ago how that idiot box and it's not the tv it's your computer will fester malice malice nastiness the worst side of every human being is coming out They think that, you know, while saying things online, making these videos online are nothing. Yet, it is something. Because behind the president, behind all these lies and manufactured information, he has a family. But that goes for everyone else. You know, I was having a conversation two days ago about Adam Schiff. And I was thinking, man, you know, when things come, come out about Adam Schiff, I really worry about his children. I know a lot of people, I, I really do. Because, you know, th- they're just his kids, right? Think about it. They have to live with that. They didn't ask for it. They have to live with that. If they're his kids, his real kids, right? They have to live with that. 
of what's being said about their father and what he's done. Not just on the political scale. And those of you that understand where I'm going with this completely understand, (laughs) right? That's, That's the thing. Cancel culture is what some people call it. Cancel people, right? James Wood is back. He came back yesterday because it's morning again in America after this impeachment sham failed. And they'll try to come again and again as long as they are able to. I look like a man, an old man. I do. I need to get gender reassignment surgery. And I think I'll be happy because it'll fit my body more. So that was a clip of Roseanne Barr's interview, a portion of which that I will play. That was hilarious, too. Sometimes I feel like that when I wake up in the morning. Should have been a man. Maybe I should gender reassign myself. All right. Now let's take a listen to the most important part of this interview. Okay. So during this interview, they talk about two topics. The one is about corporation and government. Apparently, the right is advocating for more private companies and corporations, whereas the left is promoting for more government. And I want to dispel this ideology for a second, okay? Um, So I'm going to play the clip, and then I'm going to tell you where the commentator has it a little bit off because the perspective is considering that corporations are independent because the basis of socialism is to create monopolies and monopolies are created by creating these mega corporations. And again, I've said it and through my writings, I've said it that it's private companies that are doing the work of what you think the government would do. So for example, It was a private global firm, GSG, that we've been pouring tons of taxpayer funded, you know, taxpayer dollars to run the clandestine slash wiretapping slash, I'm just saying, the agency that was based out of Luxembourg that Brennan set up. It's Twitter that was used by DARPA back in 2009 and 2010 to determine outcomes by using bots. These companies are not really private companies. They're pseudo private companies because the majority of them work or are your government. And so if you think that there's a left or right or one wants this and they no, it's not. None of that is true. The larger the corporation, they become the government. Haven't you seen all those movies, those futuristic movies of the apocalyptic ends? What does that tell you? It tells you what? That the corporations are now in charge because the corporations are the government. A committee of citizens. That's like nails on the chalkboard for those that are in elected office right now. Sands the president, a committee of citizens, you know, back in the day, there used to be something called citizens arrests. There used to be so much, so much. 
But we're not allowed to do that anymore. Because if we did, these people in Congress would have been arrested a long time ago. I mean, we could try it. No one said you can't do it. It's just that nobody's doing it now. No one's looking forward to it. No one's moving it along. No one's saying, wait a minute. We are the people. We are in charge. That's basically the problem. That we're not using the powers we have. And that's because for decades now... The Constitution has been attacked constantly. Like, visualize the Constitution sitting right now behind the glass. I mean, that glass is ready to crack. They will torch it the minute they have the opportunity to do so. And we know this because they are training students to understand that this living document has been dead for over 200 years. And there were other times then and there's new times now. So we just need to get rid of it and start all over again. This is what they're pushing. These ideologies. These ideologies to get people to change the way they feel about our foundations of our nation. That is what they're doing. And they claim that capitalism is uh, the death of freedom, the death of what we stand for as a nation, when in all actuality, it's not. It's what keeps us sane and what keeps us righteous. That's what's up. Basically, it's the corporations that are running everything. The corporations tell you how to think, how to walk, how to speak, how to talk, how to dress, how to be. They are the ones that are driving the narrative. And you know, these corporations, companies, uh, doesn't just refer to like advertising agencies or, uh, you know, your mainstream media. It pours out into our social media now because social media is how you sell things, not only products, but ideas. I mean, how many of you have been on Instagram just looking at your friends' food photos or cat photos or dog photos and boom, there's, you know, something you're like, oh, I might want to try this. Social media is where you sell products and ideas. And what's horrific is that there are people there with very dangerous ideas, very poisoning messages, uh, very um, disheartening very aggressive, very anti-person. I mean, let's take the president, for example, and then let's take average Joe. So the president, the minute he got off that escalator, they were already planning the coup. They were already planning to remove him. And SCOTUSgate is going to start happening around my birthday. We're going to start getting real trickles. And that's, you know, the first 10 days of March. And then it's going to go boom, May the 5th. Boom. Scotusgate is the biggest sham that you have seen. I mean, remember, Abraham Lincoln took out his Supreme Court justice uh, because that is where the problem lies. And when I said that we have three branches of government, legislative, executive and judicial legislative for now, temporarily is complete rubbish. But our judicial branch is the one that's poisoned. You've heard them before. I've played it on the show where they're upset that all he does is confirm judges. Why is he confirming judges? Why is he removing judges? Have we seen how many Supreme Court, district, federal judges have actually been removed and fired? Look, this one man has been attacked on a global scale. Treason, Russia, 
his wife attacked, his children attacked, even his 13-year-old boy. People don't care anymore. They really don't care what they do to the people around you, what they do to your children. And for me, that's a, a personal pain point on that one. And so, you know, and, and, and it seems like they're recycling the same messages, right? They start Russia, 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 collusion, 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 collusion. This, 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 blah, 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 recycle, sexual assault, horrible person, liar, this. And then they go right back to Russia. I mean, we got Russia popping up for Iowa, which we'll get to later on in the show, because it turns out not only were they fixed, they were super fixed. Now, here's the thing. The media is so fake, and I'm going to play a clip of a short interview between Nunez and uh, Laura Ingram later, uh, you know. It was incredible because you hear MSNBC say things like, oh, if you're not with me, then I'm just going to attack you and I'm going to take you down. Putting our president as if he's a mobster. He's never said anything like this. But the media is corrupt. They're vicious. You can't even work with people. You know, like, for example, if someone accuses me of something, I can answer. But do you trust them? No, because they're all vicious. They're just vicious, vicious, vicious. Like, remember, uh, what was it, two months ago with the Kentucky a fraud election where that one liberal reporter wrote this? Oh, yeah, totally implicated. Dude, I, I dealt with this in 2016. I got the document. Don't talk to me about, you know, blah, 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 because I've got it. But I went back to her and I said, this is wrong. This is like completely wrong. Like I, I have addressed this before. So these are the, these, these vicious attacks are normal because they're evil. They pretend to be righteous, that they're doing a good thing. Well, then why would you come out with statements like that? I mean, it's like, come on, man. Like this guy hasn't, you know, bullied anyone. He didn't say, if you don't stand with me, I'm going to take you out or I'm going to attack you. But if you are, I'm going to applaud you in front of everyone. Oh my gosh. Like who says that? Petty people do. Petty people do. And you know, when you see exposés, even um, exposés I've written, you know, the Peter Strzok expose, I was very careful how to put it together, where I tied in his wife, how she was doing, you know, the work for the SEC, etc. Because, you know, you can't just write things or say things about people. You know, that's how lawsuits happen. I mean, Covington, that's one. We got another one coming, by the way, too. A woman whose child died from a flu. And the, uh, it was NBC. Damn, NBC. I'm suing NBC, too. I'm suing NBC. Um, you know, they literally put out a, a statement of, oh, yeah, the woman didn't give her kids medicine. She was like all anti-vax and she was on this group and they told her to give the kid berries and stuff. When they even played the recording that she was like, I called the doctors. I did everything they told me. I gave them the medicine they told me to give, which was Tamiflu, because that is how they treat it. And so it wasn't elderberries like MSNBC said. Her voice, she said, I gave him everything. I, I got the medicine. I gave it to him. Yet they still reported that shaming the woman for the death of her child. That's huge. You think, you know, Nick Salmon's settlement was something. This is going to be even bigger. And we need to start smacking down on people. We need to be flying out lawsuits left and right. So let me play this clip from you uh, for you by NBC. And then I'm going to read you the thread of the supposed reporting by NBC. And that's if it's still up, but I've archived it. Take a listen to this. We have learned a four-year-old boy from Pueblo has died of the flu. His family calling him a vibrant boy who made everyone laugh. We know the boy's name was Najee. Family says he died just days after getting sick, and that family is stunned. 
we feel like we failed because we did what we had to do. We called the doctors. We called the hospital. We gave them the medicine that we were instructed. We did everything. So far this flu season, more than 1,700 people in Colorado have been hospitalized. It is not too late to get the flu shot. So here's where the lawsuit begins. NBC wrote this story without interviewing the mom whose child just died. Uh, They actually wrote a piece. They started tweeting about it. She literally live tweeted the whole story. And... She was shaming the mom. She was shaming anti-vaxxers. You know, that is the problem because the reporter claimed that the mother didn't give the child medicine. This is going to be one of the most massive lawsuits. Now, she's actually removed the tweet. But this is what happens, you guys. When there's people on Twitter and they think they're doing something like she thought she was doing something right. Promoting for vaccines, promoting for health care, advocating because a child died and that elderberries don't work, whatever. But did you contact the person that you were reporting on? Did you contact before you tweeted it out? This is an eight-figure lawsuit at minimum. NBC has three of those in the pipeline now, three. And you know what? We need to start doing this, you guys. People can't just do things because they want to. So basically, the audio says she did it. The doctor said she did it. But they're writing that she didn't do it and that it's all her fault that her child died because she was giving it elderberries. Kind of like some other people that are being smacked with lawsuits. This happened. Well, dude, no, you're wrong. You can't just do that to people because a person's reputation is worth tons. This is why CNN paid out the nose. And this is why NBC is going to pay out the nose. Because once you put, take that genie out, how do you put it back? You can't. What? Your account gets deleted. What? You and your poxy following or your fans when you report on NBC or wherever you do go away. That doesn't fix the damage you did. So you need to pay out the nose for it. Because no matter what your intention is, the way you act right? Because if you have good intentions, right? You didn't commit a crime. I mean, there's so many people that do things like, what if you're like, you know, I've seen this before where a pregnant woman, like I actually stuck up for her. Um, it was ages ago. I was at a supermarket in California and a pregnant woman was there. She was checking out. She was munching on a banana, right? She was so pregnant. She was ready to pop. So she was eating a banana. She was right in front of me checking out, right? Just push out groceries, like four of them for $80, walks out with her swollen feet, you know, whatever. She's still eating this banana and the police, the security guy stops her and had called the police because she didn't pay for the banana. And it's like, she didn't mean to steal the banana. She was just pregnant and forgot. She was so busy just eating the banana and doing her thing. There was no intention to steal one banana. Just paid $80 for four things. You think? 10 cents for a banana would have been a problem. Like she was standing there and this is, stop. Laws all don't apply the same. It's all about intent. Remember, Hillary Clinton got off with intent because they said she didn't have the intention, right? Because intent is what makes a crime. So, you know, and, and we also see, what did you gain? So like, you know, if she looked pregnant and wasn't pregnant, was eating this banana and she used the pregnancy card to benefit herself, then that's a crime. Because if you use something you say or you portray to benefit yourself, then it's a crime. So um, intention is also a crime. So if your intentions are good, 
that you're like wholesome and this, you know, NBC reporter was just putting a report just to advise people, but not to, um, you know, shame the mom, you know, not to shame a whole community, not to just put her down, you know, kick her down now. Her son's dead, but, you know, just kick her because, you know, that's what good people do. It, no, she didn't mean it, let's say. Let's say she was being nice. She would have reached out to the mom. She would have asked her, well, what did you do about it? I'm interested in writing a story. So if parents come in this situation, they can fix it. Nope, that didn't happen. That didn't happen at all. That did not happen, you guys. Instead, the story was just written. The woman's reputation is done. That's going to be on the internet forever. And how do you remove it? How do you remove it off the internet? You can't. It's done. It's dusted. So that's where lawsuits fly. This woman, at least, talking she should be getting, you know, 100 million. At least. At least. And NBC is going to have to pay it because you can't put that genie back in the bottle. So people should be very, very careful about intent. And it's all about what you do. It's like, say I want to expose some guy at the NSC, right? I'm not going to sit there and be like, no, 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 no. Oh, and he did this and let's shame him for this. And he did that. And he said this and he did that. Uh-uh. First of all, you have to have all your ducks in a row. Second of all, you have to reach out to them first. That's what good people do because something might be wrong. Something must be misconstrued and you never asked and you didn't mitigate. You just went ahead and right. That's what you have to be careful of. And you know, no one knows it better than Nunez. Nunez got the stick of it and we'll listen to him now in just a moment who himself has been vilified, smashed, and smeared in much of the same fashion, joins us now. Congressman, you were there uh, in the room. Uh, the president's getting uh, smashed and hit again yeah. because of his tone and because he, I guess, didn't send a, a fruit basket to Nancy and Adam. Well, I thought the best thing today was, and I found out about this when I walked out, he actually had a speech. He was going to go out there and give a speech that his people had worked on. They had approved everything in it. And as you, you know, when you were there, he said, nah, I'm not going to give a speech. We're just going to celebrate today. And he just had a list of all the people there, and he went around the room, was introducing people. Uh, and, and the president needed to do that. And the American people need to continue to hear this. The more times the president can talk about how dirty they were to him, his family, to anyone who got involved uh, in this, trying to get to the truth, he needs to do it. I mean, if we had time, we really would have played some of the golden oldies of the past three years. Just so people r realize, he didn't just pop out today after a week or two or two months or three months of difficult attacks during impeachment that were all lies. This has been built up over four, four and a half years yeah. of what they've done to him since he announced in 2015 that he was running. Right. And he's had just about enough of it. And I can tell you, I've had just about enough of it. I'm all for a vigorous debate and things get tough. Big deal. No, no, no problem. But when you say you're guilty of treason, you're working with Vladimir Putin, you're running a criminal enterprise, and you go after Melania, and you go after his kids who, who gave up their own cushy life, uh, the, who were working in the White House? Well, one thing we know, when they run out of ideas, they go to Russia. Okay? That's all and they have. Even today, in the Capitol, right across the street here, we had one of the Democrats in a committee hearing actually float the idea that the reason the Iowa debacle is going on possibly could be because of the Russians. Yeah, we're going mean, to. It's, it's incredible. They never stop blaming Russia. Well, today we had some of the other folks melting down. Nicole Wallace on MSNBC and a few others. Continue the tradition of what we, what we shared with our viewers tonight. Watch. 
He was attacking and making clear the consequences for anyone that crosses him. If you stand with me, if you'll be one of my sycophants, you can come to the White House and I will praise you on national television. You'll be part of the team and you'll be rewarded. And if you're not, I will come at you with everything I have. So Andrew Weissman is on a team. It's a mafia family. It's a shock that Trump doesn't just uh, you know, rush to the set of MSNBC to join them for a real conversation about China, trade, Syria, anything. Yeah, the most important thing that the president has done, of all, of all the things that he's done are very important, but he's finally outed the media. The media in this town has been corrupt, uh, and it took somebody like Trump to finally bring them out of their shell to where now they'll just openly go out. They'll tweet about it late at night. They get drunk. They send drunk, drunk tweets out. Uh, and they're, they're vicious to him and Republicans. And I, I continue to try to get our Republicans to wake up in the Capitol, we should not be talking to the mainstream media. They are assassins. They're working for the other team. Um, today, Marie Ivanovich, former ambassador to Ukraine, who Trump uh, relieved of her duty, uh, headline, these are turbulent times, but we will persist and prevail. I'd always thought of that our institutions would forever protect us against individual transgressors, but it turns out that our institutions need us as much as we need them. They need the American people to protect them or they'd be hollowed out over time, unable to serve and protect our country. Apparently, Marie Ivanovich thinks that she has a life tenure right to be ambassador to any country. Yeah, well, look, there's a reason why she got fired, okay? And this is one of the things we could never really get out because we couldn't bring in witnesses. Uh, but, you know, we had people that we were ready to bring in that said that she was anti-Trump, espousing anti-Trump administration views while she was ambassador in Ukraine. It's her boss. So she's lucky that we couldn't bring any actual witnesses What's in because there are people now? that wanted to testify against her. What's your power in the minority to, to get answers? Well, all we can do, we, have, we don't have subpoena power. So if they don't give us witnesses, and you know, that's the whole, I mean, we talked about you this gotta win. You got to win back We got to win back the majority. You've got to right. win back. That's the ultimate right. punishment for what they've done. That is correct. And if, we, if we win back the House, then you get you get Schiff and Nadal and these guys. But are you going to win it back by giving roses to the other side by saying, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, you impeached me"? No, I think we win. Or do you it. win it back by being a fighter? We win it. Well, you have to fight, and part of that fight includes not saying stupid things and cooperating with the media who are really working for the Democrats. It's it's such a key. Because we're already at a disadvantage with the tech companies who are who are monitoring and oh, they're and suppressing content. tweets. They're My suppressing. tweets are suppressed. I mean, it's so obvious. Congressman, we'll be tracking this. Thank you for being with us. Always and a pleasure. You've been you've been in the crosshairs of all of this now for three years yourself. Thank uh, you. So thank you. Because this is out of control. We can't let people say free speech, public information. Listen, man, public information is public information when it's not weaponized or intended for harassment, you know, and especially if you come to someone and talk to them. You know what I mean? Like, I remember when this ProPublica chick wrote, I was like, dude, you didn't even contact me. And she's like, oh, I did. I totally like DM'd you like five minutes before. (laughs) That's not how it goes, man. If I'm going to put a statement of someone, I'm going to reach out to them. I'm going to listen to them because there's always a hundred versions to a story yeah we're coming to a break right now so i will see you guys in just a bit after the short break (laughs) 
I've said this many, many times before, it's very important that we're careful um, who we follow, what we follow, and we look at from their behavior. Remember back in the day when they said, President Trump did this, and it's his, and he did this, and he put out this statement. What was it, back in 2016, and then rolled over into 2017, until it was quashed because somebody got sued? Um, They were holding him responsible for some writings on um, some website or some comment and and then another one was recordings. It was so bizarre. But those were quashed really quick because the minute you sue someone and they might not have anything. I know one of the people that were purporting this uh, literally was a guy on welfare. Like this is where we're at. We have a toxic environment toxic people are toxic they're vicious they're disgusting and this happens all the time not just to the president and to the people of the house and but it happens to average people man i'm on the receiving end all the time such bull such bull tons of it i mean look at rush they're they're making things up this guy is dying and they're making things up we have people that glorify pushing people over cliffs They want them to cry. They want to break them. They will ride them so hard until they crack. And they'll be like, I'm so righteous. When you see things like that, even when it's someone on the right writing someone on the left, you need to walk away. That is not what we're about. The United States of America is about people that love people, that love this nation, that love what it stands for. Not that kind of rubbish and writing. It's really incredible. You know, like there's so many times that things are happening in the house, in the media that you want to rebut. I mean, even the house, they were trying to rebut, right? Like when they were talking about Yovanovitch, right? They wanted to rebut. And like I said, Yovanovitch, she paid for a flat for ISIS when she was in Armenia. Listen, this is the way it goes. She was a bad employee. She was talking smack about her boss. She was the gatekeeper for the DOJ when that's not her job. And she got fired for it, period. Period. A Vinman. Oh, he's decorated. He's a BS. BS. You know who's more decorated? And I hate people to, uh, to, to, to get this. But Anthony Ciaramella. He's got more decorations, supposedly, because you can't see them. Because they're not public record, you know. For what he do- he's done, even though you may not like it because he was like the wing guy and the associate guy for the corrupt, you know, that was his job. We were paying him and he was getting awarded for it. So I'm just saying, Vinman should have been out. He hates America. He loves the Ukraine. He loves power. And his twin is one in the same. I'm happy he's going to go. I said it the minute they mentioned his name. Remember, before he even went to testify, I said he needs to go. Right. Because he needs it it gone. The fact that he paraded in with his uniform, dude, okay, you wore the uniform. I worn it too. No big deal. There's everybody and their mother now wears the uniform. You know why? Because we're more patriots than none. People that serve their country selflessly, selflessly. I mean, other people get in for more selfish reasons like education, like, you know, healthcare, whatever it may be. But You know, people go in selflessly. I mean, when I made the, well, I wasn't, I didn't really make the decision. They kind of coaxed me into it. Uh, You know, they kind of, um, yeah, they recruited me (laughs) by blowing smoke up a little 16 year old's butt. But, um, (laughs) you know, when they stroke your ego, when you're a kid, you're just like, oh yeah, you know, but 
these are people that love our nation. And the one thing they do is respect every man, woman, and child, regardless. Like how many times have I sat here on air and said, look, I don't like this, but you know, we got to do it like this, or I don't like this. And it has to be done like this. When people are like, hang them, stone them, you know? Yeah. You know, there's sides of me that says, um, you know, Hey, um, I want to see them go down the road and go shame, shame, shame. Actually, you know, that's the petty side. But in reality, I don't. Like we all say things when we're pissed off. We'll say anything, especially when we're angry and on fire. But the reality of it is none of us wish harm, even to those that cause harm, to be honest, right? We don't because we're not God. We don't make these decisions. Remember, hell isn't you getting lashes every day or being on fire. Hell is living with your guilt. That was the whole purpose of sticking people in prison too, right? Was to stare at the wall and introduce themselves to themselves and then get tortured by memories, etc. That doesn't work this way. Now we give them three square meals a day. We give them the best health care and a bed to sleep in. Um, I'll buy not under the best conditions with the best company, but still they got nothing to worry about. And that's the way it is though, right guys? I mean, how do, how do we win when we have this going on? How do we feel like we win? You know, how how is it done? Hmm. 43 up to president 43. That is where we see the changes that have happened in our nation. That is where we started to understand just how desperate the situation was and is on 43. But you know, right now, we indeed are at a place as a nation where we're taking it back. Well, we've decided that no more are we going to allow someone to tell us how things have to be done. No more are we going to tell someone, uh, not tell someone, but we're, we're going to allow them to tell us how's that, uh, how we should be. Because we have a leader and, you know, we need to start thinking about this, you guys. I've said it before. We need to start thinking about who's going to fill those shoes because, gosh darn it, President Trump has got some massive shoes that we need filling. And I really don't know who's going to be able to do that. I don't. And we have to start looking. We have to pay attention. We have to be looking at everyone that is running, everyone that is standing to see who is it that is going to fill those shoes. Now, today we're going to talk about Medicare. I thought for... um, I thought it was very important that we listen to this new New Way Forward Act, which I'm assuming is going to be dead on arrival um, at the Senate. But uh, Tucker Carlson did a great job putting it together. I want you um, uh, to take a listen to this, though he did say violence indicates that a society is breaking down. And that is what that that's what he was talking about before this segment that I'm going to play. And it's important to listen to that segment, too, because what I've been saying today is violence. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean take your hands out and strangle someone or shoot someone. But violence comes in all shapes and forms. And we lack um We lack the, I would say, um, we lack morals. There we go. Because those have been destroyed. And and that's violence in itself um, to people. So take a listen to what Tucker Carlson 
had to say about the New Way Forward Act. At this moment, there's a bill pending in the Congress called the New Way Forward Act. It's received almost no publicity, and that's unfortunate, as well as revealing. The legislation is sponsored by 44 House Democrats, including Ilhan Omar and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. It's roughly 4,400 words long. That means it's almost exactly as long as the U.S. Constitution. Like the Constitution, it's designed to create a whole new country. The bill would entirely remake our immigration system with the explicit purpose of ensuring that criminals are able to move to the United States and settle here permanently with immunity. Now, you may think we're exaggerating for effect, but we're not exaggerating, not even a little bit. The New Way Forward Act is the single most radical piece of legislation we have ever seen proposed in this country, ever. It makes the Green New Deal look like the status quo. A document produced by Democrats to promote the bill says this, and we're quoting it verbatim, convictions should not lead to deportation, end quote. Now, keep in mind, we're not talking about convictions for double parking or even for DUI. The bill targets felony convictions, serious crimes that could send you to prison for years and should. A press release from Congressman Jesus Garcia of Illinois is explicit about this. Garcia brags that the bill will break the, quote, prison to deportation pipeline, something most of us were for. So how does the bill do that? Well, under current U.S. law, legal U.S. immigrants can be deported if they commit a, quote, aggravated felony or a crime of moral turpitude. That is a vile, depraved act like molesting children. Under the New Way Forward Act, crimes of moral turpitude are eliminated entirely as justification for deportation. And the category of aggravated felony gets eliminated, too. So what does that mean? Consider this. Under current law, immigrants who commit serious crimes, robbery to fraud to child sexual abuse, must be deported regardless of the sentences they receive. Other crimes, less severe ones like racketeering, require deportation if the perpetrator receives at least a one-year sentence. Under this bill, there would no longer be any crime that automatically requires deportation. None. And one crime, falsifying a passport, would be made immune from deportation no matter what, because apparently 9-11 never even happened, and we no longer care about fake government documents. By the way, if you just renewed your driver's license to comply with the Real ID Act, you must feel like an idiot, because immigrants are getting a pass. You're not. Under the proposed legislation, for crimes that would still allow deportation, the required prison sentence would rise from one year to five years. We checked the Bureau of Justice Statistics. According to federal data, crimes like car theft, fraud, and weapons offenses all carry average prison sentences of fewer than five years. And that's just looking at averages. There are people who commit rape, child abuse, even manslaughter, and get sentences with fewer than five years. Lots of them, actually. If the New Way Forward Act passes, immigrants who commit those crimes and receive those sentences would remain in this country. And, of course, they will be eligible for citizenship day one, too, of course. But even that is understating the law's effect. Even a five-year prison sentence wouldn't necessarily be enough to trigger deportation. The bill would grant sweeping new powers to immigration judges, allowing them to nullify a deportation order. The only requirement for that is, quote, the immigration judge finds such an exercise of discretion appropriate in pursuant of humanitarian purposes to assure family unity or when it is otherwise in the public interest. Talk about open ended. In other words, anti-American immigration judges, and there are a lot of those in this country, would have a blank check to open the borders. You would not be voting on this. It would happen anyway. Is this shocking you yet? Because we're just getting started. We read this proposed legislation. Here's another point. Current U.S. law makes drug addiction grounds for deportation because why wouldn't it? 
This bill would eliminate that statute. Current law also states that those who have committed drug crimes abroad or, quote, any crimes involving, involving moral turpitude are ineligible to immigrate here. The New Way Forward Act abolishes that statute. So a Mexican drug cartel leader could be released from prison, then freely come to America immediately. And if he wants, he could come here illegally, and it still wouldn't be a crime because, and you were waiting for this part, the bill also decriminalizes illegal entry into America, even by those we've previously deported. In other words, you break our law, we send you out, you come back, you break it again, you can stay. According to a document promoting this bill, Criminalizing illegal entry into America is, quote, white supremacist. That's a quote, white supremacist. Now, by this point, you're beginning to wonder, are we making this up? We're not making it up. In fact, we're barely halfway through the bill. The legislation doesn't just make it harder to deport illegal immigrants who commit crimes. It doesn't just make it easier for criminals to move here illegally, though it does both. The bill would also effectively abolish all existing enforcement against illegal immigration. To detain illegal immigrants, ICE would have to prove in court that they are dangerous or a flight risk. But of course, ICE wouldn't be allowed to use a detainee's prior criminal behavior as proof of danger. That's banned. ICE would have to overcome even more hurdles if the detainee claims to be gay or transgendered. If they're under 21 or if they can't speak English and an interpreter isn't immediately available, they get a pass. In other words, it would be much harder to arrest an illegal alien in this country than it is to arrest you. They're the protected class here. You're just some loser who's paying for it all. But believe it or not, we save the nutty. Okay, I want to stop right there. So as a linguist, and that's my job as a contractor, um, I sometimes have to uh, help the police uh, interpret when they stop people. So here's what happens. And this is reality, you guys. So a guy, he's driving his car. He's um, The car was at a drop has tons of drugs in it, drugs and guns in the trunk. And we're not talking like, you know, a 20 bag. We're talking like maybe, you know, two pounds of this and, you know, all these illegal weapons. Illegal meaning they're not registered weapons, right? And so the cop stops them and says, all right, um, you know, come out. And they're like, yep, I don't speak English. And they're like, shoot, we got to get an interpreter. But what happens when they can't find one that is qualified, that's on a federal registrar that has the one that is, you know, allowed in courts because you have to, you just can't be your friend, right? It's got to be by the book. And so what happens at that point? What do you do? And so the cops have to make a decision when they can't find one is to try to do it. But if they search that vehicle and it's happened and they didn't have an interpreter or they were using botched half Spanish, half Arabic, whatever it is, guess what? They get away with it. They can't go to jail. They can't get convicted no matter what they find because the law. Now, in one sense, that's correct, because if you don't speak, if I got stopped in Mexico and I had, I don't know, aspirin in my car and it's illegal in Mexico to have aspirin and, you know, I didn't speak any Spanish and they're sitting there telling me, do I have the right to enter your vehicle and search it? And I'm like, I don't know, like, what is the light broken? Like, I don't know what's going on kind of thing, you know, <laughs> and they go in and do it. Then I'm in jail for breaking the law, but I wasn't advised of my rights as anybody, not just a citizen, but as anybody. And I didn't know what they were doing. And and I couldn't explain my situation. And now I'm in front of the judge facing 10 years for having aspirin. So there's a good thing that the law is there. But the bad thing is, is exactly what he's saying, that they get away with everything. 
So we're going to continue this and we're going to roll into a little bit Pelosi and then Medicare. But I thought it would be um, important for us to uh, important for me to remind you and see you off into the sunset of uh, commercials uh, with a song that um, is exactly what's happening to us today. We feel unstoppable with a president like Trump. And what we need to make sure is that the next person that fills his shoes is also unstoppable in making us think that nothing's going to stop us. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. This is the second hour of the Tory Says Show. All right. So keeping with the theme here, right? We're literally unstoppable with President Trump. I hope you feel that. Because this is what we need to overcome this really, oh, it's like, this month has just put on boots yesterday and I'm pretty sure all of you are like, oh my gosh, it's still like 1 p.m. Eastern time. Like the day isn't going by. I'm telling you, time is slowing down. The perception of time is slowing down. It was flying through the first six days, but think about it. That was only six days and they were busy. Now it's going to slow down. And it's pretty incredible if you think about it, how time is slowing down. And that is what evil does. It likes to fester. This is why time flies when you're having a good time. You know, you don't think about time. It just goes and you're just like, wow, right? Because everything has shifted now. The evil ones are out. I mean, they are running, you know, anything they can do, anything they can do to harm the president and the movement of we, the people they are pushing. So we're going to talk about healthcare, but I want to finish up with Tucker's report and then fly over into uh, Iowa caucuses and what the Democrat delegates and the precinct people are saying themselves, then fly over to Pelosi, then the Russia conspiracy, and then we're heading into Medicare. And I have very, two very good examples to demonstrate it to you. We've talked about Medicare before. 
I'm thinking I should just do a podcast on it where we literally hash out every detail. And that's for my listeners that are over 65 or have parents that are over 65 or nearing over 65. For those of you, I'm just going to give you a heads up, okay? For those of you that are nearing the age of 55, the first thing you need to do if you have kids is sign every single, you know, asset you have in their name. You don't have to tell your kids. You could just gift it, like put it in their name, put it in a trust, get it off you. Like you're not the sole owner. Do something because, you know, 54 years old and a day before your birthday, uh, do that to protect yourself. All right. So let's continue with Tucker and we'll jump into the rest. The part of this legislation for last, and here's what it is. What could be more destructive than changing U.S. law specifically to allow rapists, child molesters, and drug dealers to stay in America? How about this? Using taxpayer money to bring deported criminals back into America. That's right. This bill would not only abolish your right to control who lives in your country, but it invents a brand new right. Quote, the right to come home. It orders the government to create a, quote, pathway for those previously deported to apply to return to their homes and families in the United States, as long as they would have been eligible to stay under the new law. It's retroactive, in other words. DHS must spend taxpayer dollars transporting convicted criminal illegal aliens back into the United States. Not making this up. So who would be eligible for these flights? Tens of thousands of people we kicked out of this country for all kinds of crimes, sexual abuse, robbery, assault, drug trafficking, weapons trafficking, human trafficking. From 2002 to 2018, 480,000 people were deported for illegal entry or reentry into America. And under this bill, you'd have to buy each of them a plane ticket to come home. Those tickets alone would cost about a billion dollars. And that's before Democrats make you start paying for these criminals free health care, too, which they plan to do and have said so. The New Way Forward Act fundamentally inverts every assumption you have about this country. Under this legislation, the criminals are now the victims. Law enforcement is illegitimate. It's racist, just like the country you live in, just like you are. And the only solution is to get rid of both. America would be better off as a borderless rest stop for the world's predators and parasites. That's the point of this. And we're not overstating. Go read it. This is a big deal. This is not a small thing. This is not renaming a post office. It's hard to believe any American would put these ideas on paper, much less try to pass them into law. And yet, remarkably, that's happening. And even more remarkably, the press has ignored it. This isn't happening in secret. It's happening in the House of Representatives. Scores of Democrats have backed this bill, but the legislation has not been mentioned in the New York Times, has been mentioned on CNN, a news channel, or even in self-described conservative outlets like National Review. No mention. Consider if this were working the other way. If a lone, I don't know, Republican state legislator from Minot, North Dakota, had proposed a bill this extreme that would remake America completely, the president himself would be expected to answer for it. CNN would demand that he disavow it, even if he'd never heard of it before. But when one-fifth of the entire Democratic caucus backs a bill demanding that you import illegal alien felons and then pay for it, it's a non-event in the American media. They don't think you should know about it. And that's dangerous, if we're being honest. Whether the press cares or not, these are the stakes of the 2020 elections, and you have a right to know what they are. 
A growing wing of the Democratic Party views America itself as essentially illegitimate, a rogue state in which everything must be destroyed and remade. Our laws, our institutions, our customs, our freedoms, our history, our values. And of course, that's the point of all of this. An entirely new country in which resistance is crushed and they're in charge forever. And that's exactly what they want. They are training our children to think that the Constitution is an old, uh, you know, an old uh, document that we need to replace, an old document that needs to go. It's old. It doesn't apply anymore. We need to get rid of it. That's it. That is where we're at right now. Legit, that's where we're at. That they are trying to dismantle everything about our nation. They have our values. They've poisoned them. But with President Trump, it's morning again in America. We feel empowered that nothing can stop us. So what we need to do is focus on that for the next two weeks as people around the nation, again, will be crushed because you got to ride that target of resistance as hard as you can. That is exactly what they do. While they're doing that and crushing us, we stay united because where we go one, we go all and they can't do anything about it. That is how it is. Because they're not united. They will flip on each other. Liberals are insane. They change their ideologies like you change your underwear daily. I hope so. Uh, that is how they, that's how they operate. You guys, these guys are insane insane. Now I am going to, um, go through, uh, about, uh, through this Iowa caucus thing. Now I was, I told you guys, right. I was tweeting about it that, uh, Pete was the one that actually funded the app. And what I said was, you know, the app is funded by Pete. Of course he's going to win. It's going to happen. You watch now. Uh, a guy, a verified account by the name of Scott Statins. He's the writer. He's a writer, um, and uh, he's like the director for Fund for Humanity, whatever. Total lib- liberal. Said with a hundred percent of precincts reporting, I can faithfully say that the Iowa results results are BS. As a precinct captain in DM06, I know for a fact the numbers reported for that district for every candidate who got more than zero votes are wrong. 185 people caucus there. They say only 92 did. And I'm not the only precinct captain to know for a fact that the official numbers are wrong. Here's another. So there was another uh, captain who said, please retweet and share our precinct reporting inaccurate numbers. Andrew Yang had 15 supporters in the first expression and zero are being reported. We deserve to be heard. Oh, it's because they Pete, Pete won this because he cheated. Take a listen to his little video. He's showing it, actually. Where is All right. It? There so we go. I'm seeing that some of the caucus results are coming out. So I wanted to take a look at my precinct. It was West Des Moines 314. And I noticed something pretty odd and um, pretty upset about it. And I'm going to try to call the caucus hotline. And I hope those are the right people to call. But if you go to Polk, which is my county, and West Des Moines 314 is the second from the bottom. And because of the way this is set up, I'm going to be scrolling up and down quite a bit. Um, but if you go to the top, Biden has zero in the first expression. The Biden people 
had people at our precinct location, and they should have been recorded in that first expression, and that should be reflected in our presidential preference cards. Um, if you scroll over, this number should be Buttigieg. Yes. Notice he is 47 in the first expression and 47 in the second expression. I know for a fact someone in our own um, Andrew Yang um, group at the caucus went over there. So those numbers should be different. He should be at least one short and at least one higher here. Um, or should be 47 in the second and should be one short in the first one. Um, I don't have the exact numbers on that to begin with, but I do know that's incorrect. So we'll go over to Klobuchar, who's right here. She also had people at our precinct location. She is zero in the first expression as well. Mind you, Biden, Klobuchar, and Yang were not viable at our location, but we did have people there for the first round. Um, Sanders. 56 in the first expression, 56 in the second expression. I know that's very incorrect because a lot of the young people when we were deemed non-viable went over there. So those numbers are completely off. The first number is not right. I was one of those people and I wanted to be reflected that he was my second, not my first pick. Um, let's see. Warren, again, she was deemed viable and her numbers are the same, 41 and 41. And I know some of the young people went over there. And then for Yang, zero and zero. Um, our precinct captain wasn't there when we showed up to caucus, so I stepped into the role. I counted 15. We had 15 people there in our group for the first round. That is wrong, and I would like my voice to count, and I feel like it isn't right now. So I'm going to call to see what's going on and try to get some answers. Yeah, so they're not going to get some answers because here's the thing. The Democrats don't care what you want. They don't care about your voice. They don't want to hear you. They've been fixing elections forever. They've been fixing everybody's elections and now they're getting caught. And if you think that the right is saying, oh, you know, uh, they're fixing elections and they're just saying it. Uh, no, it's the way it is uh, that indeed they have been fixing elections. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I think people are going to start to wake up on the left, too, because liberalism is what has brought this nation to its knees. This it, and that's how evil comes in. And that's how communism comes in. It comes in, you know, as being woke. Now, I want to play, uh, I, I promised that I talk a little bit about Pelosi and I'm really proud that people took this on because this was important and I, I talked about it when it happened to, um, you know, right after she cut the papers, I was, uh, you know, tore the papers at the State of the Union. I was thinking, you know, whoa, that was super wrong. But then it, it, a click, you know, from like where I was at the bank and I was writing President Trump, President Trump lives here, Donald Trump lives here on the dollars. <laughs> and the bank person was like, you know, that's illegal. There's actually a federal crime for you defacing documents of the government, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Ugh, 
another liberal. But I looked it up, and that was true. It's Title 18, 2071. And I tweeted about it, and I talked about it. And you know what I cared about? Not the fine, not the imprisonment, but the fact that she automatically forfeits her position to Congress. Section 2, she's out. And guess what? Can't have office again. I mean, she's 80. She's got like two feet in the grave already, so whatever. But anyway, let's take a listen to what the president said about Nancy Pelosi breaking the law. We'll talk a little bit more about that, too. Well, I just got this. It was just handed to me. This is the D.C. Circuit, and we just won the big emoluments case. I think it was a unanimous decision. This was brought by Nancy Pelosi and her group. It just came out a few minutes ago. So uh, I'll be reading it on the helicopter, but it was a, uh, a total win. This was brought by 230 Democrats in Congress on emoluments. It was another phony case, and we won it three to nothing. We won it unanimously. Mr. President, Mr. President, would you like to see Alexander? Yeah, yeah. Uh, That was a false report. Uh, I have a great relationship with Mick. I have a great relationship with Mark, and uh, it's uh, false. Mr. President, would you like to see Alexander Vindman out of your White House? Do you want Alexander Vindman Well, I'm not happy with him. You think I'm supposed to be happy with him? Is I'm he not. Leave? Uh, they'll make that decision. Should You'll be he hearing. Leave? They'll make a decision. Should he leave? Uh, they're going to be making that decision. I don't understand. I can't hear you. Yes, speak loud. Well, we were abused by the Pfizer process. There's no question about it. We were seriously abused by Pfizer, by what they did and by what they signed and who signed. It's a terrible thing that happened. And we were absolutely abused, as per your question. Yeah. Well, you'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. Well, I thought it was a terrible thing when she ripped up the speech. First of all, it's an official document. You're not allowed. It's illegal what she did. She broke the law. But I haven't, uh, I haven't been asked a question other than a lot of people that viewed it. They couldn't believe that she did it. I thought it was terrible. I thought it was very disrespectful to the chamber and to the country. And, you know, look, uh, people... I got very high marks on the speech, and I didn't know she did it until I was walking out, and some of the congressmen and women were saying, can you believe what she did? But I didn't know she did it. Mr. President, Mr. President. Well, I think there's a lot of evil on that side. They've gone crazy. They've gone totally crazy. It's too bad. I've gotten tremendous amounts done, more than anybody's gotten done in three years, by far. But... uh, they're not constructive people. Well, I do work with Democrats. I work with everybody. But uh, that group is, uh, you know, they say Trump derangement syndrome. They've got it. They've got a bad case of it. You saw that. That was on display the other night when she ripped up the speech. That was terrible. It was a terrible, so disrespectful to our country. And actually very illegal what she did. Yeah, I gave the answer. That was the point. What was the coronavirus? Manufacturing accidents have been a crime in all 50 states. Does the 
Well, I mean, I have to say this. We just came out with fantastic job numbers. I think it was 230,000 or something thereabouts, which was much higher than projection. So jobs continue to be great. Our country continues to do great. I'm now going to North Carolina. Some of you maybe are coming, but the jobs report just came out, and it's great. On No, these people, they're their own people. I'm not their boss, and I don't think they've done anything as far as I know. But uh, it's very sad what happened with the Bidens, and it's also very sad how he's doing, how he's doing in the polls. Now I understand the votes are fried in Iowa. They, uh, they couldn't even take a simple tabulation and yet they're telling you how to run the country and how to run health care. I think they fried their votes on computer. Think of it, all the money that the Democrats spent and the votes are fried. They have no idea who won. They have no idea. But I'll tell you who won on the Republican side. They accounted for every single vote. And it was a lot of votes. It was a record-setting number of votes. Trump won. Yep, that's the way it happens, and that's the way it's going to happen. See, the president is telling him exactly what's going on. He has, a, you know, as he's switching from reporter to reporter, I'm telling you guys, he has this nice, serene smirk on his face that I absolutely adore. Because now, you know, they're begging him for answers, the, the mainstream media that nobody wants to talk to anymore. Nobody wants to talk to the mainstream media anymore because they're corrupt, because they're liars, because they manufacture things. You know, when we talk about manufacturing evidence, right, we're talking about, um, you know, creating fake 302s, right? That's, that's what everyone, you know, remembers. Fake 302s, fake documents. It's not just that. They will falsify every single portion of your life if you are deemed a danger to them. And the more dangerous you are to them, the more they will falsify, the more they will annihilate you because that is how they work. They can do that. They can do that. It's scary. And, you know, as someone who knows very well what they're capable of, you know, they can do this. And that's what the scary part is. It's not just about government evidence or, you know, General Flynn, what they did to him. I mean, they couldn't delete him, but they could delete a lot of people. Uh, but the, the thing that President Trump, and I'm pretty sure he's aware, is um, Jerry Lee that was arrested in January of 2018 coming to JFK to speak to the president who they arrested for espionage. I wrote an article about him for the Chinese, you know, is now sitting in jail He's in Alexandria and he's been tried. That's someone that the Trump administration needs to be speaking with. He was a handler for many years. And if they wanted to try him for espionage, they could have done it years ago when he left the agency and decided, you know, poke this. I'm not working for them anymore. I don't like this. I'm going to go just work and have my family and do things. So he even left the country and went to China working. He was just an average worker, had a stellar career as a handler within the agency. 
had a stellar career as an agent for the agency and left because he said, no more. I'm going back to humble beginnings. I don't like this. So when he came on vacation here, they found supposedly a little black book with, you know, where assets are, names, everything. The FBI took pictures. They broke into his house and his hotel, which, by the way, I can't find the warrant for, documented it all, and let him go back to China because he wasn't a threat. But the minute he flew back to the States with the intention to see President Donald J. Trump, guess what? They arrested him. And they charged him. His brain is probably jello. <laughs> and you know what's going to get really, really bad, you guys? It is... February, we've got Assange and Snowden in the United States this month. That's huge. That is really huge. So huge. So let's uh, finish up what the president has to say before we head to the break. He's the bigger threat. He's Buttigieg or Bernie Sanders. He's Buttigieg or Bernie Sanders. He's the bigger threat. Well, you don't know what happened in Iowa because if you look, I mean, they're essentially tied. Uh, but... Uh, they couldn't keep tabulation of their vote. Is Pete Buttigieg a threat? Do you see him as a threat? Everybody's a threat. I view everybody as a threat. I even view John as a threat. You never know. How do you unify the That's wet. Yeah. No, China's working very hard. Uh, late last night, I had a very good talk with President Xi, and we talked about mostly about the coronavirus. They're working really hard and. I think they're doing a very professional job. They're in touch with world, the world, our world organization, CDC also. Uh, we're working together, but World Health is working with them. CDC is working with them. I had a great conversation last night with President Xi. It's a tough situation. I think they're doing a very good job. Are you concerned about its potential impact on the global economy? I think that China will do a very good job. Mr. President, how do you unify Should the House expunge the impeachment in the future? Should they expunge the impeachment? They should, because it was the hoax. That's a very good question. Should they expunge the impeachment in the House? They should, because it was a hoax. It was a total political hoax. Mr. President, how do you unify the country? How do you unify the country in this moment? You're attacking You know what's going to unify the country, and it's already unified in a lot of ways. All you have to do is look at our crowds and look at our support. What unifies it is the great success. Our country today is more successful than it has ever been, and that's unifying the country. And that's so true. And the only way that it can be unified, because they're so concerned about unification, is if they stop purporting division. They're the ones dividing the country. Their rhetoric is about black, white, gay, straight, upside down, polka dot, re whatever. They're promoting division. Pete, Boot Pete Buttplug, really, like he's really competition. Biden competition. I honestly tell you, Andrew Yang is the only real competition because he's actually likable. Pete is not. Warren, definitely not. Biden's just plain out kid creepy. Forget it. No, no, no. So here we are. Elections are coming, but the pain is coming on strong. Remember, Snowden and Assange. In the United States this month. That's a very big deal. I'll see you all right after the break where we'll crack down just a little bit Pelosi and what she did and what's coming and Medicare. 
right. Welcome back to the Tory Says Show. So this is the last half hour. It's the weekend. Um, it's actually gloomy where I am. <laughs> I think it's like disgusting weather everywhere uh, lately. But the one thing that, um, you know, that we talked about, well, I talked about and other people talked about was the fact that Pelosi is in a lot of trouble. Um, this might be her way of getting out of the seat because she's going to be getting out anyway. And this is kind of a way of her being martyred by the left, which are shrinking every single day. They're shrinking as a, as a, as a, as a clan. They're shrinking because they can't even trust their own anymore. They're upset. Come on, man. They fixed the elections in 2016. You think they're not going to fix this one? So everyone's awaiting President Trump to give a speech on the economy now. Uh, in in um, North Cam- Carolina at the Opportunity Summit, which should be interesting. Uh, it's supposedly live. I was hoping that I could play a little bit of it, but um, because I hear that the opening speech is going to be incredible, but I can't because it's not there. So I'm going to kick off to healthcare now. So Pelosi, keep in mind, there's going to be an investigation. And like I said, who cares about the jail time and the money? I care about the fact that she forfeits her seat. That is what is most important for us, that people like Pelosi get held accountable and she loses her seat. We should be enforcing these laws on them because they are not above the law. And that's the way it is. Now, um, going to... Medicare. Now, all of you that are over 65 or have parents that are over 65 know that there's like an open enrollment period, right? And this is where, uh, you know, the patients, you know, our um, Medicare qualified persons pick their plans every year. That's the only time they get to pick. So here's the number one farce, okay? They have to pick health coverage if they want to not have original Medicare. Some states actually pressure them to have the coverage rather than original Medicare because, and here we go, it helps them, okay, get this, have good pharmaceutical coverage. Mm, Interesting. So part D is, so there's part A, which covers hospital, part B, that covers doctors, part C, which is that gap 20%, and I'll explain that, and part D, that is for medications. So part C, just to run that through, is something that you can get, always recommended to get the minute you turn 65, because that'll coverage, uh, cover all the stuff your 80% Medicare doesn't cover for part A and B only. So hospital, Medicare covers 80% of your costs. Doctors, Medicare covers 80% of the costs. So if you buy part C, the minute you get into, uh, you know, your Medicare plan, you know, and don't lose it, then you've got stellar coverage forever because you've got 100% coverage. But you also pay for part C. Here's the kicker. You also pay for Part B. So Part B costs um, you, depending on your state, uh, between $80 and uh, $145 shy some pennies. Uh, I think in New York it's $144, something like that. So that comes out straight out of your Social Security paycheck. So here we have someone that gets like a Social Security paycheck of $500 a month. In the end, they're left with like $350, right? So they got $350. With that $350, they also have to purchase 
pharmaceutical insurance, which ranges from zero if you decide not to have original Medicare and go with like Humana, Aetna, Blue Cross, whatever. They're all the same. Fidelis, whatever. And um, uh, upwards to $30 a month. So let's pretend you take like the best plan they have and it's 40 bucks a month. So then you're left with like $300 to live off of, right? Now your pharmaceutical coverage, here's where the scams come in on pharmaceutical. First of all, if you don't have Part D, right? And if you're an older person that just got into Medicare and you're like, yeah, well, I'm healthy. I don't take any medication. I don't need it. You don't buy the insurance because, you know, if I need medicine, I'll get it. Uh, guess what? You get fined for that. They will fine you if you don't have insurance. And here's the thing. That was actually done under Clinton. So under Clinton, they had already passed a mandate stating that if you don't have pharmaceutical coverage, okay, that you get fined. So I have come across so many cases being litigated where you have people that, you know, in the 90s, in the 80s, from the 80s too, because I think it was Bush Sr. that had done it under Reagan to make sure that they have good coverage. He introduced it and actually pushed it through. So it was like mild in some states. So it was done by states first and then became like huge rollout through CMS. But there are people now, 2020, 2019, that are trying to fight not having Part D coverage, which is not optional. It's mandatory. So they're mandating our elderly population to buy this insurance. So they get fined. That's like a subtle part of Obamacare. See, they're not just going to roll out Obamacare just for the sake of it. They will roll out Obamacare in a small dose first. I just want you guys to understand that this was done on a small dose first. They had already introduced Obamacare in another form and fashion. And that was the part D Medicare coverage, which is for pharmaceuticals. That's where they did the gotcha to everyone. And you had no idea. You had no idea. There are people that are paying fines and their, uh, you know, social security check is being garnished because first of all, they didn't know they had to get part D. Second of all, you know, they just had regular Medicare, 80, 20. I go to the hospital, they see me, they send me a bill. I pay the 20%. I'm done, you know, but now it gets more complicated. You've got like, for example, you know, a one company, like any of them, you could pick one out of a hat. So I'm just going to randomly choose the name Humana and they offer Medicare. So Medicare, let me explain to you, Medicare part A. Now let's go to the A, which is hospital. If you go into the hospital because you're sick, uh, no matter if you stay one day or five days or um, 29 days, you're still going to pay $1,600 out of your pocket, period. That is period. You could be there for three days in as a patient because you had surgery. You're paying $1,600. You could be there two days because you fell and broke your leg and they were running tests to see if you need surgery. Then they're like, no, you just need a cast. Now you can go home and then we're going to have physical therapy. You still pay $1,600. let us say you have like a super surgery and you get sick with an pneumonia and then you're in there for a while and then you get out on the 29th day, you still pay just $1,600. And the thing with um, Medicare, is, is that you pay that $1,600, let's say, let's say I fall down now and I'm a Medicare patient and I go to the hospital and they like evaluate me and they're like, you know what? And this is a real case. 
okay, you don't need, um, you don't need surgery. We've decided this is going to heal just fine. You know, it's a crack here. Your hip's doing great. Uh, we're going to put a cast. You're going to do this, and then you're going to do physical therapy. So you're, you're in, you're out, third day, you get your discharge, you go home, done. And your bill is $1,600. So this patient paid that $1,600, right? Regular um, Medicare, they thought. They had an insurance carrier, and I can't say the insurance carrier's name because then that's like divulging information. So this patient, me, right, um, goes um, goes home, and I'm fine. And suddenly, um, you know, my leg starts to turn really purple uh, the following week. And it seems that there were some shards that were missed or whatever. So the patient goes back into me. I go back into the hospital a week later, and they have to now do like, you know, um, tons of surgery, bring back blood flow, grafts, you name it. And I'm in there for another like 15 days before I can go home. And so when I go home, I get a bill again for more. And here's the thing. If I was with Medicare only, I would have paid the $1,600 and that was it. But because I use the other service, I paid $520 for the first five days and then $10 for the next two days and then $0 after that. So in essence, I paid 15, uh, over $1,600. No, just under $1,600, like $1,580 for three days in the hospital. Because even the day that I get, um, you know, my discharge still counts as a day. So I get out and I, and I have that bill and I pay it. So then when I go back, uh, you know, normally under normal Medicare, it's covered for, you know, the full 30 days and onwards, right? Um, I go back because I have a complication. Well, now the insurance that is carrying my Medicare is charging me again the 500 somewhat a day and uh, charging me again. And they say, well, that's the thing. We charge you less because we go by day because if you're in there two days, you only pay like $1,000 if you're in there, you know, this many days. But it's like, wait a minute, but the five days is more than 1600 Yeah, but we offer better service. Like what? Like we give you like drugs <laughs> and coverage <laughs> and, you know, your copay for the emergency room is less and you get coaxed into getting into that. And that's where they start to make you go bankrupt as an older person, right? So they're not transparent to the elderly population when they're signing up for these things. And the older you get, the easier it is for them to put the wool over your eyes, right? Because they really don't care about you. And they don't care if you have the money or if you don't have the money. And the transparency lies within the negotiations that the uh, insurance company has with the hospital. Because the hospital may have charged you 500 bucks, but because it's a Medicare patient, it really costs them $200 for you to sit in the bed. Uh, even though they're saying that it's costing them more, they negotiate. Whereas with Medicare, it would have been a little bit more straightforward. You're stuck now with what you got. Because you chose to go with the carrier. And that's the problem. They're starting to push people into these carriers, which on the other hand, also don't allow you to choose your hospital. You have to go, uh, your you know, hospital or doctor or clinic. You have to go through their network. They are now bullying our elderly. And this is how they are testing the social system. 
Because, you know, a lot of people say, look, England has universal health care. Yeah. And you can go anywhere. But do you know how long you wait? Do you know how long it is? It's massive. And do you know how much you pay? Pay 166 pounds, 180 pounds a week, right? To get health coverage that you might not be using. So you're spending in dollars, $600 a month for insurance you won't be using as is. Pharmaceuticals are completely separate. They're not all free. You have to pay. So that's, it's not really universal coverage. So this test is done as so. Oh, I just wanted to like, uh, it just started the live. I just wanted to play a little bit of Ben Carson introducing uh, the speech on the economy. He's speaking now. Uh, hold on. Here we go. In an America where there are now, believe this or not, more job openings than there are jobless people. In the last quarter of 2019, 74.2% of people entering the workforce came from outside of the force. They're people who had given up who are coming back in. And that tells you a lot about what's happening right now. And as you know, for Americans, Asian Americans, African Americans, the lowest unemployment numbers that we have ever recorded. This administration, this administration has emphasized the importance of preserving and advancing our nation's educational institutions. Americans, Asian Americans, African Americans, the lowest unemployment numbers that we have ever recorded. This administration, this administration has emphasized the importance of preserving and advancing our nation's educational institutions. And I mean, we have to be cautious, right? That's the way it goes. Uh, we have to be very, very cautious um, in how we proceed to provide for our uh, older population. We do. Because if we can't make sure that they're not the experimental pool, then, you know, what are we doing? These people are vulnerable. This is a time where your body breaks down, your memory breaks down, and we can't seem to protect them. But instead, we're piloting things and plans that can be detrimental to their health, which it is. I mean, like in the last example, it was pretty insane, right, guys? That they would be able to do such things to our elderly. Like it makes you wonder sometimes, you know, what kind of people actually run this place? Really evil people, evil people. Because it makes absolutely no sense why anyone would do anything like this to anyone, especially those that have worked that have created and raised their families, that have, you know, paid their taxes and helped create the world that we live in now. Those that came before us put, on the, put the sidewalks down, laid the asphalt down, put foundations on some of the buildings we walk in. I mean, God, I live in a building that's over 100 years old. So, you know, we need to respect them, not pilot programs like this because it's detrimental the harm that comes to them is tremendous. Imagine having to take a medication like the previous example 
and not being able to pay it because the pharmaceutical company is charging supposedly your uh, pharmacy, you know, whatever it is, XYZ pharmacy, you know, $1,200 for a 30 day coverage and your insurance has negotiated with the pharmaceutical company. That's how much you're going to charge them, but we're really going to pay you this and they're going to be paying this and this is how we make money. So it's a kickback. So instead of you buying it from the pharmacy at 1200, you're paying $400 as a copay with your insurance, but your insurance only paying like a hundred and they're supposedly transparent saying we're really paying 400, but then there's subs and these backdoor deals that the insurance companies have with pharmaceutical companies and larger conglomerates. Kaiser Permanente is one of those big conglomerates, those big HMOs. They piloted, again, where? Florida. I mean, uh, California. And I said Florida. <laughs> They've expanded to Florida, but that's different. That's like the university, I think, uh, to poison mines. But they took over California. It's like everything is coming out of California. All the weird things are coming out of California, the evil, the atrocities, and the, and the insult to our elder population. This should not be happening in our America. It's unacceptable. It should be the way it should be, which is fair, safe, lovable, caring, you know, and always promoting each other and propping up each other and pushing for innovation, pushing for solutions, not making more problems and pushing for a better future. And better future doesn't mean, you know, all this green stuff. It just means working together because the one thing about human beings is that they're, they are resilient and in the face of adversity, we rise. And as Americans, we always have. On that note, I want to wish everyone a fabulous weekend. God bless. And I will see you all on Monday. Same time, same place.